It's good to be with you this morning and to share God's word together. And trust that God will speak to you in a special way today. Let's pray as we begin. Father God, thank you for your word that is living and active. Thank you that you want to speak to your people. You want to draw people to yourself. You want to change us to make us more like you. So help us to hear you speak and to be obedient in Jesus' name. I don't know what your experience of reading and interacting with scripture is like, but when I read these verses, I realised that just a few months ago, I'd been preparing the same story for a sermon in church, but from the book of Matthew. And so I made a point not to look back at my old notes so that it would remain fresh. Of course, I realised that not many of you will remember what I said on that day. But it caused me to think, of times in my life when I was reading a passage of scripture and found that though I just perhaps read it fairly recently, it now spoke to me in a powerful and a completely different way. So it is an important point that I mentioned in my prayer already that God's word is living and active. It's not like any kind of other standard piece of writing. It is not static. It is God speaking into our lives today, right now. I guess in some ways the same principle applies when we approach a piece of scripture which we are very familiar with. Many of us will know the narrative and the outcome of the passage this morning, but let us not allow over-familiarity to blind us to what God has to show us from his word today. Our circumstances and our challenges change, but God doesn't change and his word doesn't change. And he has something to say to each one of us if we have those ears to hear. Our passage today is about a storm and about peace and about the power of God. So let's have a closer look. And we are in Mark chapter 4, we're moving through our series called to follow Jesus. And our subject is called to trust in the storm from Mark chapter 4. From verse 35, it says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind him, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. And so we meet Jesus and his disciples at the end of a busy day of ministry teaching the crowds who had come to listen to him. And it's often tiring doing God's work, draining, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually. And even Jesus felt that. We read of times where he has to go away to a quiet place to recharge his batteries, to pray and to spend time with his father, and just to rest up. He was just like us. He wasn't some kind of superman. He had laid aside his power to become a man, to become one of us, to experience what life is like for us, the highs and the lows, the joys and the pains, to be able to understand the common human experience so that he could sympathise with us. In heaven now, he intercedes for us. 
his people. This is explained further in Hebrews chapter 4. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to feel sympathy for our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive grace and find receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We are not designed just to power our way through life on our own steam. It is inevitable that at times we're going to feel weary and worn out. Our frailty reminds us that we need him and cause us, hopefully, to rely on him. Jesus here knows it's time to get away from the crowds. He's weary. He needs to get some sleep in the boat as they all cross back over to the other side. It's his initiative that they set off. I'm sure the disciples were glad to get a break from the crowds and their demands too, and to get back home to their own beds. But they had no idea that the day was far from over. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. This is an area famous for its sudden storms, blowing out up out of nowhere and causing danger to life for those caught up, caught up in it. Maybe the disciples who were fishermen in the boat hadn't even considered that the possibility of danger when they set off that night. But this storm was going to remind them all of their puny weakness in the face of the mighty wrath of nature. I had forgotten that there were other boats with them in the storm. Another of Mark's little but significant details that we will come back to later on. I read a helpful quote from the rock star Bono. In relation to the COVID-19 crisis around the world, he said, we're not all in the same boat, but we're all in the same storm. Our world is a radically different place from the time of my sermon last August on this passage. None of us could have imagined the scale of what has happened in such a short time. For some of us, our jobs are even less secure than they were before. I know some of you are actually being made redundant. Some have lost loved ones. And so many have additional and ongoing personal health and family worries. All things outwith our control. I was pleasantly surprised recently when I asked someone in church what I could pray for them. And they replied that they just wanted to give God thanks for all that he had done for them, for him and their family having brought them all through storms to a place of relative peace. God knows all about you, and he's the only one who's able to meet you at your point of need today, with the power to bring his unique peace and transformation. It's unsaid here, but I think it's fair conjecture to presume that the disciples' initial response is to try and get things under control by their own efforts. Their default to bail out the water and try to cope with the situation themselves would be natural. And so it can be for us, frantically trying to keep afloat. So often people 
and even disciples then and now can be fiercely independent and still try to get through struggles in their own efforts until they find they can't go on anymore. And then finally, these disciples turn to Jesus. Verse 30, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? If we're brutally honest, we may ask the question, why did they not trust in Jesus? They had seen that all that he had already done in terms of demonstrating his power. But maybe this storm has raised some huge questions for them in their minds. That this whole trip was Jesus' idea in the first place, and that either means it's his fault or it's, it didn't know it was going to happen. They may have thought. These are trust issues. Storms can cause us to question, why has this happened? Why would God allow it to happen? Is it God's doing? Is God sovereign? Is he good? Can we trust him? Does he even care? Maybe for them, they were so upset because he was sleeping and they thought that he was just unaware and uncaring of the dangers that they were facing. And worse, that they had done exactly as he had asked. And now they are in this terrible mess. We may sometimes feel that God is sleeping in the storms that we face. It's just us against the world. The Old Testament particularly tells of so many of God's people who cry out in despair. You're allowed to feel like that. But that's all it is. It's feelings. God promises to be with us whether we feel like it or not. I don't think Jesus was blissfully unaware of what was going on. I think he was genuinely so exhausted that even this wild storm could not rouse him from his slumber. Of course, Jesus knew that all would be well so he could rest easy as they set off. But I loved the little mention here from Mark of the cushion. Such a small detail, but recalled by an eyewitness. The disciples awake him in full panic mode. He is their last hope. He's their best hope. There's no one better, no one else equipped to deal with this storm. Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, be quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Jesus only has to speak and the roaring wildness of the storm is instantly tamed. Yes, he was like us, but he was also fully God. And his disciples see this with their own eyes as these overwhelming waves are transformed into perfect calm. Nothing is impossible for him. The one who by his words brought our universe into being came into our tiny world to show us what God is like, to bring transformation, to bring hope, to bring forgiveness for all who would turn from their sin and turn to him. You may have turmoil right now in your mind or in your heart. Your circumstances may feel that they will overwhelm you, that you're going under. Turn to Jesus, bring your fears to him and trust him in the storm. He's bigger than any storm. He is Lord over the storm. And he knows this is, 
the specific storm that you're going through and he'll be with you in your boat. In Christ there is peace that passes understanding. It doesn't mean that life will be plain sailing. God does not always intervene in this way. Think of Paul who was shipwrecked not once or twice but three times and at one point found himself adrift at sea floating in the ocean for a day and a night. Terrifying experience. However, Paul doesn't doubt God, despite the extreme struggles that he faces. And that's not even mentioning the floggings and the beatings that he endured for his faith. He trusted God despite his circumstances. His difficult circumstances did not dictate a negative response. He made the right choice to trust his foundation, his contentment was in Christ. He knew that peace that passes understanding. How else was he able to praise God in the prison cell after another beating? Jesus makes it clear that there will be suffering for the believer, for the disciple. A lot of Christians believe that if we are disciples who follow Jesus, he will keep us from the storm. It's patently not true. And if that's what we believe, it can cause us to have a crisis of faith when the inevitable storms hit. Asking how can this happen? Or even feeling, well, what have I done wrong here? What we believe as disciples matters. Storms are, a, are an integral part of life. And are often used by God to test our faith. And sometimes, if we're honest, our storms are caused by our own making a consequence of wrong decisions or even sin. I've had significant storms to face in my life and I've known God to be faithful to his promises. Most of these disciples who were in the boat with Jesus that day would lose their lives because of their faith in him. No one will sail through life on an idyllic ocean breeze, but who do we turn to when the storms hit? As disciples, we are called to trust Jesus in the storm. I was so encouraged to receive a text from Alison Higgins. Recently, her young brother-in-law died very suddenly, leaving Alison's sister with two little boys and a newly fostered baby. What a tragic and devastating shock. After the funeral, she messaged me. God has definitely given us the strength to get through. My sister especially. Lots of harder days to come. So the reality of God's presence and help is there, along with the realism and recognition of how hard this situation is going to be. I gave her the verse that I mentioned recently, and it bears repeating this morning. From Nahum chapter 1, the Lord is good. A refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Maybe it's for you today. You see, God promises to be with us through the storm. And that's enough. He is all we need if we will put our trust in him even to the final level of losing our lives. Because even then, we will gain eternal life 
in heaven with him, which is far greater. As Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. In verse 40, Jesus said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. At first I thought I would have liked it better if this story had just finished with calm and peace and wonder. A happy ending, not just for them in the boat, but for the other boats who were out on the water. As the commentator Alan Cole says, we see God's grace on a wider scale than the mere saving from drowning of a boatload of frightened disciples. But Jesus challenges them directly about their faith. In fact, about their lack of faith. It's an uneasy exchange. They have failed this test of faith. God uses the storms to test our faith, but he doesn't give up on us when we fail. We can learn so much from our failures. I'm actually glad it is there and the unvarnished truth is told. It is not an idealised picture of the disciple that is portrayed. And neither should we aim to have that kind of experience too. They were literally, physically in a boat with Jesus and still didn't trust these chosen few and they failed. They were full of fear. But they are role models that we can relate to. And as Jesus disciples them, they are forgiven. They go on to grow in their faith and in their walk with him. We can be honest about our failings and fears and failures. None of us are anywhere near perfect. The big issue here for them is one of fear, and fear is the enemy of faith. Fear paralyzes us, but faith frees us. When Jesus comes walking on the water later in Mark, he says to them, do not be afraid. When he appears to the disciples after his resurrection, he says, do not be afraid. And goes on to say, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. As I was, as I was preparing, a booklet, an envelope came through the door for me. When I opened it up, the title said, Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Well, that seems rather timely, I thought. In fact, I was amazed. And as I opened it up to find it was a series of devotional messages, the very first page and the first chapter only was about this specific passage in Scripture. This could have arrived through my door on Thursday or Friday when the preparation was all over and it was too late. But I believe God brought it at that specific time. And it reminded me as I read it of God's, God being sovereign over the storm. But it also reminded me that I was concentrating on the storm on a very personal basis as we consider our own lives. But the booklet raised the important question of the storm for the whole church that the church worldwide is facing during this time of COVID-19. It poses the question, will the church survive when we can't meet together? Will we be able to reflect our faith in God during these times of uncertainty? And will we give hope to a world that is in despair? 
all those in their boats around us in the same storm. I wonder what lessons the disciples learned that day. My prayer is that when we come out the other side of this storm, we will be more mature as disciples with stronger faith, that we will be a stronger church. Because when we are weak, then we are strong. That we will have learned to trust God more, to be a people who love God more and love each other more than we did before. Let me encourage you not just to hear this message, but to talk about it in your home and in your home groups. And we're going to try something new in our breakout rooms today. In the short time that you have, as well as a catch-up, we want to encourage you to chat about the challenges and encouragements that you face and the church is facing at this time. And in the light of this message, to support one another, to trust in Jesus through the storm. If you would like prayer, there is a prayer option that if you message Steffi, she will link you up with this morning. Or you can make an appointment for prayer with the prayer team or respond to what you have heard with Clive or myself. We'd be delighted to hear from you and to pray that God will have spoken to you today. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your word, for being living and active for its relevance for today in a world of uncertainty. Thank you that you are Lord over every situation and circumstance. Thank you that we can trust you over everything else. Thank you for your great power. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you know us and the storms that we face and that you're able to bring us what we need to help us to be in our boat through this storm. Help us to continue to trust in Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you go through this week.